Welcome to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Welcome to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast. My name is Adam Rubachuk. I'm joined by Derek Swistak. Hey. And Aaron Fleming. Muy buenos dias. Mucho gusto. So today we are starting our new mini-series on group processing. So if, as, a, um, as a reminder, we're going through all the essential elements of cooperative learning. We started with positive uh, interdependence, moved on to individual accountability. So now we're on our third uh, of those essential elements. And as always in these mini-series, we start with a little bit of theory. This is the most exciting, the most engaging. You know, Derek and Aaron just can't wait until we look at some research. Yes. Always my favorite. For this round, I actually pulled an article from 2009 from Chu and Ku from SUNY Buffalo and the Chinese University of Hong Kong, from metacognition to social metacognition, similarities, differences, and learning. Uh, when we talk about group processing, what we're really talking about is this idea of social metacognition, getting a group of students or participants to think about the ways in which they cooperated and how it helped them learn. Most of the metacognition that we have students do, or that we have anybody do, is really focusing on our own individual piece of learning or processing or thinking. But the difference with this group processing part of cooperative learning is that we really want to look at um, how that group worked and focusing in on what made our group successful and ultimately how the group made us learn more than we could have as individuals. So in this study. Again, it's kind of, it's kind of a um, meta-analysis of many different types of studies, but what they really looked at is that when you have this social metacognition, there's some uh, pitfalls that you have to overcome. So in sort of being explicit and being verbal about how you think and how that related to the group, a lot of students don't know how to do that. Uh, a lot of people are hesitant to share those kinds of things, and so they pointed to this idea that it's really incumbent upon the teacher or the facilitator to guide the students through that process and to show them how it works. So we can do a lot of practice in the individual part of metacognition, but then as we move on to that group processing piece, the teacher has to really be a guide in that process. One good point uh, when we talk about the, you know, th this group processing that Adam just introduced is when we give students feedback and we teach them how to give each other feedback on, on those social relationships, we're, we're giving, you know, just as much importance to these interactions as we are to their academic performance. You know, how many times do we have students, you know, do a peer edit and give some, some feedback to each other on how they're writing or, you know, just, you know, whatever academic goal or task that we give to students, we're asking them to give each other feedback. Well, we're having students give each other feedback with this. And it's a good way for us to monitor how they're doing and, you know, get them to really think about the importance of those social interactions and, you know, how those play into their learning. So uh, group processing is, it's a really important piece of cooperative learning. And unfortunately, it's also the one that gets cut a lot at the end because we run out of time. I, I was just going to say the exact same thing is that since this comes at the end of a lesson, Many times it's the, oh, we've got 30 seconds left. Uh, make sure you uh, tell your partner one thing. Or, or, yeah. But it, it, we don't give this the same do as we do, making sure that our lesson has that positive interdependence baked in and that we're um, 
you know, assessing students individually on, on what they can know and can do is such an important part. And I think this is also something that really sets Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning apart from some of the other models is that this is baked in. It's, it's an essential element. It's in here. It's one of the five similar to all the others, not more important, not less important. Um, but it's something that has to be done in every lesson. Yeah, I think to your point about feedback, I think that it's really important to realize that like, as a student, it is sometimes difficult to receive peer feedback or even teacher feedback until it's evaluative. And this, this, is, this is part of the process of learning. And, it's, and to Adam's point too, is that like, it is one of the, the, one of the five essential elements and there's good reason because it kind of goes right along with social skills too as well as positive interdependence. Like you're giving students the opportunity to take risks, to be able to be trusting of each other in a non-academic way to talk about how they learned. And as they learn how each other learns, they in turn become a more independent learner as well. And, and, as, and as much as we want to keep talking about some of the different aspects of group processing and the philosophical and, and research base, I think we're, we're getting dangerously close to encroaching on that social skill territory that's going to be part of our, our next our, our next mini series and our it's our next essential element. So I think we'll cut this one cut this one short. Uh, give you it's just a little taste of some of the research behind the, this idea of social metacognition. Um, but until our next episode, let's cooperate. Thank you for listening to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson and Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Please check out the show notes for all relevant links, including a link to our Twitter account and the Cooperative Learning Institute webpage. This podcast is copyrighted under the Creative Commons license, copyright 2021. Theme music, courtesy of Jimmy Ryan.